Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. In ancient times, when one purchased a piece of land, upon payment of an initial deposit, the seller would then give the buyer a bit of the ground as a pledge or guarantee that the property was in fact the very same parcel agreed upon. The Apostle Paul picks up this custom to help illustrate one of the important functions or aspects of the Holy Spirit in God's plan or economy. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul, referring to the Holy Spirit, says in verse 14 that the Spirit is actually the pledge of our inheritance. We will explore just what it is that we get when we receive this pledge on our program today. Ron Kingus has joined us. Ron, it's been a while since you've been in the studio. It's good to have you back. It's been quite a long time. I really don't know exactly what was the last program I fellowshiped with you, but it's good to be here. It's good to be in Ephesians. Yes. To touch an experiential view Mm -hmm. of the Spirit's pledging. Yeah, I think when we look at these verses yesterday, of course, we talked to the kind of sister verses here, verse 13 and verse 14 in chapter 1. And as we talked yesterday about verse 13, uh, and now today, uh, verse 14, touching the pledge, yesterday's portion on the sealing aspect of the Spirit today on the pledging, I think it's a surprise to many people to realize there is an experiential application of these things. It's one of those passages of Scripture that you tend to read over and uh, you have some sense, uh, you know, we know what it is to be sealed and maybe we know what a pledge is or an earnest or the guarantee or foretaste. But it, I think it's the experiential side that comes out in this uh, life study program that we're going to have today and the one we had yesterday that is a real fresh uh, perspective for people. In no way does the experiential side conflict with the objective truth. I mean, that is simply not possible. All genuine experience must correspond to the divine revelation in the Word. But there is the subjective, that is, the experiential side. And when we see it, it's um, it's most encouraging. Yes. Uh, I admit, when I first uh, heard of this subjective application, of this objective truth, although the thought was not complicated or even necessarily deep, I just had a pre-existing or prior notion that this is all once for all and objective and it's settled and Uh that's all there is to it. But I thank the Lord for his mercy that in the time since then I could reconsider this and be open to what the Spirit is doing even now as we're fellowshipping about the Spirit and that is pledging himself to us as the assurance that God himself and his divine trinity 
is our inheritance. Mm. I really like yeah, this. Yeah, I do too. Even the way your face lit up there as you said it, it uh, caused me to have a, another uh, enjoyable appreciation of it. Let me read these two verses uh, again. And then for the sake of those who weren't uh, with us yesterday, uh, would you take just a minute and touch this matter of sealing that we talked about yesterday? Again, this is uh, verses 13 and 14 in chapter 1 of Ephesians. It says, You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the pledge of our inheritance unto the redemption of the acquired possession to the praise of his glory. The sealing and the pledging go together as indicated by the grammar in these verses. And the sealing is a matter of the image being impressed upon our being to indicate on the one hand that we belong to God but in a deeper sense, it indicates that the image of Christ is now actually being formed uh, in us for God's glorious expression. And the word does say you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. So it's an accomplished fact. Mm. But it's the Holy Spirit of promise, and the seal is unto the redemption of the acquired possession. When we compare this with chapter 4, verse 30, we see that the seal and the sealing, that is the experiential application of the once-for-all sealing, mm -hmm. is unto the day of redemption. That is when our body is glorified. And the phrase of the promise, Chris, also indicates to me that this sealing with the image is also a developing matter experientially, uh, an advancing, progressing matter that more and more the Spirit is impressing the image of Christ upon us. After all, God's goal in his economy is that the many sons would be conformed to the image of Christ as the firstborn son. So we have been sealed and we have the pledge, but we are being sealed and we are experiencing the pledging. And that is the particular matter that the Lord, through the word and in the ministry of our brother, is opening to us in this message that we're considering together today. Okay, let's join Witness Lee and his fellowship about the pledge of our inheritance. In uh, Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14, you have two things mentioned together, the sealing and the pledging. In God's divine working on us, there are two kinds of inheritances involved. In verse 11, we are God's inheritance. And then in verse 14, it says, who, that means the Holy Spirit, is the pride of our inheritance. You see, two kinds of inheritances here. In God's economy, we are inheritance to God, and God is inheritance to us. We inherit Him, and He inherits us. Two kinds of inheritances. So, for the first kind of inheritance, that is, we being the inheritance of God, we need the sealing. We are God's possession. God is the owner, so God has to vote a seal upon his possession. And this is why there is a need of sealing. The sealing is for God's 
inheritance. Then, on the other hand, God is our inheritance. And for this aspect, there is the need of pledging to guarantee that surely God is our inheritance. For God to be our inheritance, the Holy Spirit is a guarantee, is an earnest, is a pledge, is a down payment, also is a sample. And this is why some translators translated this word into foretaste. God is our inheritance, so the Holy Spirit is a foretaste for us to taste God. The foretaste has not come yet. Now we do have a foretaste. Well, Ron, along with uh, yesterday's fellowship, uh, these two matters, the sealing and the pledging, and now we see have a, um, a relationship to the two mentionings in this chapter of inheritance. Uh, in verse 11, as he pointed out, we there are actually God's inheritance. And now, in verse 14, the Spirit pledges God to us in a kind of a foretaste, way of a foretaste of our inheritance. Talk about these two aspects of inheritance. It's quite wonderful. It is wonderful. And it involves, in a very deep way, our life of mutual indwelling with the triune God. Uh, in Christ, we are made God's inheritance. And what will God inherit in a very real sense? He will inherit himself wrought into our being. In ourselves, we're not worthy of being anyone's inheritance. But in Christ... And in the process of God's economy, because Christ is the treasure in us, we are becoming most precious mm. in the sight of God, and he will inherit us for his enjoyment. The sealing of the Spirit is related to our being God's inheritance. God has, so to speak, branded us, put a mark on us to indicate this is mine, this belongs to me, I will inherit myself constituted into these ones as my inheritance. The sealing and the seal of the Spirit are related to this. Mm -hmm. But there is a mutuality to this inheritance. We, in Christ, will inherit God himself as our unspeakably rich inheritance. And we need assurance concerning that. We have many moments and days and periods of time of discouragement, of, of weakness, of exhaustion. It may seem our faith is ebbing away, the hope is dimming, just because of our human frailty in the midst of a very difficult environment in which we are now living. But the Spirit is in us, pledging assuring, guaranteeing, giving us a foretaste of our internal inheritance, which is the process and consummated mm. triune God himself. So, in sum, the Spirit seals us, making us God's inheritance. 
the Spirit is in us, pledging, assuring us that God in Christ will become our inheritance. As the result of this ministry of the sealing and pledging Spirit, there is a mutual inheritance. God inherits us for his enjoyment, and we inherit God for our enjoyment. This is marvelous. This is for our eternal enjoyment, but it's also for our present experience, because even as we speak, the Spirit is sealing for God's inheritance, and the Spirit is pledging for our inheritance. This is wonderful. And uh, I think we're we're well prepared now for this coming session. This is the portion, I think, in his uh, ministry today where we really get into uh, the very experiential application of this. You've used the word a couple of times. It's come up now, I think, two or three times in the program, foretaste. And that is one of the uh, terms that's applied or associated with this word pledge, a foretaste, uh, an appetizer of what is to come. And the Spirit really gives us a foretaste and taste is the operable part of that word now, mm-hmm. of God himself pledging God to us as our future inheritance. Let's join Witness Lee once more. The pledging is a matter of enjoyment. It's a matter of tasting. And this is why nearly all the mothers know you should make your meals very tasteful. Am I right? This is why sometimes you have to sit in something. You are just open the appetite. You just increase appetite. Otherwise, the dining is a hard job. When I was young, I was taught that the pledge was an object thing put into me once for all. But later on, I found out, no, no. This is not only the pledge, but also the pledging. It is not once for all matter. It is a continual thing, pledging, 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 day by day. It is a daily matter. Pledging means giving you something as a guarantee of something better. Since the day we got saved, God began to pledge himself to us. Every day, every day, he pledges. How do you know that God is with you? How do I know? He's praising. Well, I was weak. He praises himself to me. as my encouragement. Well, I was out of any kind of expectation. He praises himself. And then I got the hope. Well, I just feel no faith. My faith, it just vanishes away. He praises. He just praises. Right away, my faith revives. Well, I feel I just cannot love my brothers. I just cannot love the sisters. I just cannot love. Hallelujah. He pledges. More love comes in. And what is this? This is praising. Day by day, we receive more divine essence into our being. And day by day, we got sealed to have the expression of God. And day by day, we have more, much more, much, 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 much more enjoyment of God. Oh, our God is so tasty. Oh, He is so delicious. He's so delicious. Once we taste Him, we can never forget Him. 
We like to taste him more. Am I right? We do have the taste. Oh, he is the top ice cream. And he is the best heavenly dessert. Hallelujah. Well, the, uh, the enjoyment is really oozing out of our brother at this point in his speaking, Ron. Um, how about this application of this word pledging to relate it to such a, an intimate and sweet description of our fellowship of God in the context of uh, his being a pledge to us? It might be helpful uh, at this point to remind ourselves that the Spirit is the triune God reaching us. So the application of the triune God to us is by the Spirit and in the Spirit. So when we talk about the Spirit pledging, this pledging takes place within us. Of course, the Spirit is mingled with our spirit, so the pledging originates there from the mingled spirit, the human spirit regenerated now and mingled with the divine spirit. But it, that is the pledging, produces such a sweet sense in fellowship. It's a fine Mm -hmm. thing. It's a delicate thing. It's personal. It's intimate. And the sweetness comes in because we have not only the assurance, we have a four taste. And I'd like to emphasize taste. It is a taste. So to speak of an appetizer is uh, appropriate here. It's not the full taste. It's not the feast. But it is a very pleasant foretaste. And the effect of this foretaste is to awaken in us an ever-increasing hunger for God. So the foretaste is preparing us by giving us a hunger for the full taste. And as we are enjoying this sweet foretaste, we are assured that God is faithful. He's faithful in his word and to his word. He has covenanted with us to be everything to us in Christ as the Spirit. And now we weak and frail and fragile earthen vessels have within us the Spirit, giving us a little taste, awakening within us an increasing hunger, and giving us the deep assurance, Chris, we will inherit God as our eternal portion for our eternal enjoyment. This is for sure. Mm. Ron, we've got one segment left. We'll have just a minute or so to uh, fellowship about it at the end. But it, it's interesting. Verse 14 now picks up this phrase, to the praise of his glory. It's the third time we've heard either this exact phrase or something very similar in chapter 1. Verse 6, verse 12, and verse 14 all contain uh, this this point. And Witness Lee will touch that in this last segment. Let's go back to him. In verses 6, 12, and 14, in these three verses, it says, to the praise of his glory. As a kind of a conclusion to the foregoing verses. Verses 4 through 6 
are the wells speaking concerning God the Father. So, at the end, in verse 6, there is a conclusion to the praise of his glory. God's purpose eventually is to the praise of his glory. Then from verses 7 through 12, and these verses are the well-speaking concerning the sin accomplishing God's purpose. The conclusion is also to the praise of his glory. Then verses 13 and 14 are the well-speaking concerning the Spirit applying what Christ has accomplished to us. The conclusion is also to the praise of his glory. Three sections of blessings. So three times to the praise of his glory. Threefold well speaking. So threefold praises. Why threefold? Because of the Trinity. Because of the Father one time. Because of the Son the second time. Because of the Spirit the third time. So you have threefold conclusion. You have threefold praise. The glory of the triune God deserves the threefold praise. Hallelujah. Not only our praise, but the devil come, the angels, the whole universe, all the creation will praise God for His purpose, for His accomplishment, and for His application. Well, Ron, as we pointed out three times now, this phrase has appeared, and uh, what a marvelous connection to the three in the Godhead that are really worthy uh, of the praise. This is not an arbitrary interpretation on our part. Rather, it's a recognition of what is in the text of Ephesians 1. We have a section on the Father's purposing, and that concludes with a word regarding the praise of the glory of his grace. Mm-hmm. We have a section on the son's accomplishing, another mention of the praise of God's glory. And then third, we have a section on the spirit's application with the same kind of conclusion. Three mentions because we have a three-one God. He is triune eternally, essentially. He is triune in his economy, in his operation. And in Ephesians 1, what we have is the dispensing of this wonderful triune God into us based upon the Father's purposing, the Son's accomplishing, and the Spirit's applying. The triune God is dispensed into us to make us his corporate expression. So when the beings in the new heaven and the new earth see the glory of God manifested and expressed through us. The entire universe, how, how this is going to be, we'll have to wait and see. But there will be a universal praise mm. to the triune God of glory because the glory is not only in God. The glory of God is now being expressed through us and there will be a threefold praise for the threefold operation of the three-one God. 
So there will be a praise, a praise of God's glorious expression. And it's only fitting that what began in him in eternity past with his heart's desire, as we saw in previous messages, and what is worked out in time in God's economy, should return to God as consummate triune praise for his glory, his delight. Glory be to him. Amen. Well, Ron, we're all, we're out of time, but it's always a real enjoyment to have you with us, and we invite you uh, not to stay away so long next time. Well, that depends on God's sovereignty and his arrangement of my life and yours, but insofar as it rests with me, I'll be happy to return relatively soon. Very good. For our part, the door's always open. Well, let me give you our toll-free number. We hope you uh, benefited from our program today, and I, we think you would benefit tremendously from the printed Life Study message. And if you'll contact us, we'll let you know how you can receive it. It's one eight 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 life study That's 888-543-3788. Join us again tomorrow. For Ron Kingus today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.